minus three with Dave Damashek. The Yankees stink. The Red Sox are good. Maybe the Buccos are too? Probably not. The Islanders are definitely good. So is Julian Edelman. But how good? One thing's for sure. Fighting Aaron Donald is bad. NBA Atlantic, NHL East Division, NFC East, AFC East, AFC North. Hi and hello and welcome to the newest episode of Minus 3 presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long, whatever that season may be, for exclusive offers and odds boost FanDuel. More ways to win, of course. Make sure you follow along at Minus 3 Pod. Spread the good word to your pals and if you hate the show, to your enemies too. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three is how you bet along with us. And speaking of which, let's get into some of our best bets and cover all of what I just said with our pal from Boston, Massachusetts, now making a lot of noise. He was just on the Extra Points podcast with Cousin Sal and me. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Oh, I'm great. Uh, Spirited argument with... With our buddy Sal last night about mm-hmm. Edelman's Hall of Fame qualifications, which, you know, we agree are uh, exceed the minimum to get to get into the hall. Uh, talking about our best bets, though, you know, one thing we haven't done is we haven't we don't spend time crowing the following week about our incredible picks. You know, we're giving people free money we should pat ourselves on the back uh, about it. I uh, I threw out Baylor plus 550 before the tournament. I just gave that one away. Plus 550, when there are only two teams that can win the title, you're going to get five plus 550 on one of them. So that was a freebie. You're welcome. Uh, I took, you know, before the season started, I said the Red Sox are good. This number's way too low. This over-under 50.5% winning percentage because of COVID. It can't just be games now. It has to be percent. Uh, They're going to blow by that. That was more free money. And then, of course, last weekend I said uh, Bruins playing in Philly on Saturday, then getting hustling home to play the rested Capitals is going to be a disaster for the Bruins. And uh, the Capitals beat them 8-1. to so I'm just giving away money here. It's just—it's unbelievable. It's so generous. I'm going to give away some more uh, in a couple seconds. It's your way. It's it's who you are. You're an empath, Hench, and uh, you're, you're a giver. That's very nice. Hello to you, Eddie Spaghetti, as well. Um, neither one of you, I'm a little wounded, no one has uh, commented on my cute new haircut, once again, given to Dave Damashek by Dave Damashek. That's one of the things that COVID has revealed is that I don't ever need a barber again because I apparently have a gift. I just, I'd been sleeping on it for decades. I am a, I'm a great barber with myself. I have a, I have a cute new hairdo, but we don't have to talk about that right now. How are you, Eddie Spaghetti? Okay. I, I mean, I'm going to comment about the hair thing since you love slamming about like me attending concerts, which is apparently a crime. You're, you're really like crushing the entire hairdressing community here. They go to school, they learn their trade. And then you're just like, no, I could do it with a pair of like, you know, preschool scissors in my house. Like there's no way you could even see the back, back of your head. I get made fun of wearing headbands and hats and stuff, but it's like, I also respect what they could do at the barbershop. And I just, just because you say it's good, I'm going to be honest, it does not look even. It does not look like it's a professional job. Sorry. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. You and the wife. She, yeah, she's the cynic. Like, look, this is a, this is nice work. Okay, there's some spotty stuff on the sides with the buzzer, but more or less. And by, by the way, who's looking at this point anyway? Nobody right. cares. That's the more important part. Right. Check. You look delightful. But we got to back up. Spaghetti, you threw out wearing hats and headbands like those are the same thing. Like... Yeah, obviously wearing a hat is fine. When the fuck are you wearing headbands? Like, uh, yeah. uh, yes, somebody should definitely give you shit if you show up at the club with a headband on. What? Or on a podcast with it, where you, there's a camera. You, uh, Bjorn Borg, you have to keep the lo- the flowing locks from getting in your eyes at the concert. That's the that's a headband. That's a that's a fair point. Fair point, Hench. Um, I will say, yeah. Last night during uh, extra points, I, I was made fun of for wearing uh, a headband. It's when I'm in my the confines of my own home and I shower. My hair is a little bit longer, especially when it's wet, and it dangles like on the eyebrow, and it's so frustrating. I don't feel like wearing a hat. At, you know, I'm not wearing a hat at ten o'clock at night, so I have like these, like you said, tennis style headbands, like you know, or Federer. I don't, I don't tie it. It's a, you know, full circle head, man. I just pop it on and it keeps the hair out of my eyes. It's very simple. 
All right. I mean, it, it, it's also, to Hench's point, you're not Borg or uh, Chris Anderson with long hair. Otherwise, you got, you, you, got, uh, you know, what? It's long-ish. Yeah. Okay. It's a weird right, look. I get it. I thought you were, I sorry, I thought you were, you were going, uh, going out. No, 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 no. Your last move before going out on the town was to put on a headband. Okay, All right. Time, time for best bets, but I will say go back and listen to the earlier episode this week. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti and his pal Mikey Meatballs and me got together for a NHL trade deadline breakdown, winners, losers in the East Division. And also Ike Taylor, late of the Pittsburgh Steelers, joined great uh, personnel guy. I'm breaking down all things AFC North, and uh, he promised that he and I were going to go horse riding at some point soon, which I'm looking forward to. So go back and uh, and listen to that one. But all right, Hench, if you're in a generous mood and you keep giving out winners and so on and so forth, why don't you kick us off here? Your best bets upcoming over the next few days. Okay, well, first of all, I am excited to get into talking about how fucking shitty the Yankees are. That's going to be an exciting topic. We can definitely do an hour on that. That said... That said, uh, Michael Waka for the Rays is pitching against, as of this taping, is pitching against undecided for the Yankees tomorrow. That's how that's how bad the Yankees pitching staff is, is that undecided is an upgrade over a name that's not Garrett Cole. So it's like you've got Garrett Cole and then undecided is better than, than Kluber. That's how you want. So I'm actually throwing out undecided to to uh to win against michael waka because let's face it waka and i do this just so that i can talk about shane victorino's three-run double off the wall in the 2013 world series waka's never been the same it's been a straight decline for this guy now now his whip is 1.78 he's he's gonna get slapped around in the bronx he's gonna lose to undecided on friday uh bet bet the yankees even though they're terrible make a little money the other thing I'm going to throw at you is the mirror of the game I gave you last week in the NHL. Last week, the Bruins had to play in Philly, hustle home to Boston to get their asses kicked by the Caps. For some reason this week, the Capitals have to play in Philly on Saturday. Then they have to play at noon in Boston on Sunday. Like a back-to-back with, with a morning start time. It's insane. So I'm going to take the Bruins with new acquisition Taylor Hall to avenge the 8-1 ass-kicking. Charlie McAvoy is also back uh, on Sunday. And then the, the third pick, I, I've been, I went back and forth on this one. Um, Celtics-Warriors Saturday. I, I keep thinking, I keep thinking, this is it. The Celtics, this is the Celtic team that we've been waiting for. They're finally putting it together. I get suckered in. And then, and then they, they are who they are, you know? And so I, I like the Warriors. They'll be catching, I want to say, five. Uh, you know, we're always guessing a little bit early early on in the week here before the weekend. Uh, I, I like them plus the points at Boston Saturday. Steph Curry has scored 95 points in his last 65 minutes. So uh, the, the Warriors will have the best player on the court, and, and I like them. And you know what? I'll probably run the table again. Uh, one of uh, an ex-warrior is uh, now a Brooklyn Net, and his name is Kevin Durant, but he doesn't play every game. Neither do his uh, his peers. And I told you a week ago that the best bet going right now was to take the Nets to win it all. There was no way they, they weren't going to win it. Now LaMarcus Aldridge has retired because he has something going on with his with his heart, I guess sort of like what Chris Bosh had a few years back. So let's revisit that one. In the meantime, um, think globally, act locally. That's exactly what I'm going to do right now, and I'm going to tell you bet the Pittsburgh Penguins not once, not twice, but three times over over the course of the next four days, three games against uh, two bad teams i don't know how the flyers have landed in this spot given the talent that they have but not unlike the chicago bears and their ongoing search decades long to find a halfway decent qb the flyers continue to look for a goalie uh they thought they had their guy as recently as a few months ago apparently that was a fraud as well so the penguins starting off tonight against the the miserable philadelphia flyers since the penguins kind of turned it on at the start of march there aren't a ton of games between these two teams the pens have beaten them by two goals 
Um, only once this year out of their last three showdowns, though, things have turned um, up for the Penguins, down for the Flyers. I say take the Penguins, giving that goal and a half. Um, and then definitely I feel much more confident saying take the Pens twice over this weekend. Two noontime games um, for the Penguins and the Sabres. The Penguins have played Buffalo four times, four times. They have beaten the Sabres by at least two goals. That's what I call a trend. Do that. And I just said the Nets best futures bet going. Right now, Spaghetti and I have been talking about this one a lot, Hench, um, and and Meatballs is in on this too. The most satisfying bet, the mo- if you're a, if you're a novice gambler or even if you're a savvy one, a really fun way to to play the puck this year is to bet individual players to score goals. You can get at FanDuel.com. Bet it at uh, FanDuel.com/slash minus three. Go through a game, pick which one strikes your fancy, and pick a player, maybe two, who are going to score a goal. It it uh, will make the next 60 minutes uh, playing uh, minutes um, positively delightful for you. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins top line. Sidney Crosby is no secret still. Uh, you know, he's not a heart trophy, an MVP candidate, but he kind of maybe should be right now. Either way, that line is productive and it's productive pretty much night in and night out. You can get Brian Rust at plus 194 to score a goal. Him, Jake Gensel, 87, any of those three guys are going to reward you. You get plus odds for any of them. All they have to do is pot one goal and you're a winner. I think it's a, it's a fun way to go. Those are my best bets for the weekend. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? I was going to give a, a ton of uh, NHL picks, and I still will. I just wanted to quickly touch on the MLB since Hench did bring up my Yankees. And you're not going to get a rise out of me because I am in total agreement. I think the Yankees are in some serious trouble right now, and really outside of and really outside of no, 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 it's the truth. They're in real really, trouble. And, they're, they are. They're they are three games wanna, in or whatever. No, in. and I want to tell you why because not even it, the pitching itself is is the problem, but it's not just the pitching. In the last seven games they played, they scored four runs less than five of them. You got to fade the Yankees, and if you could get this. Uh, Yankees total runs under I would take that as well when when Cole is not pitching it's just like it's not even a coin flip they're going to win you don't feel confident at all the lineup is struggling as well as the the pitching staff but regardless back to the the uh, NHL picks I wanted to give out and uh, Dave you touched on most of them the trading deadline especially for this East division was great for us because what it did was the teams that were already bad made them even worse like the Sabres like the Devils the Flyers who were bad and needed to improve didn't do anything so they're still bad and then you have teams like the the penguins the capitals the bruins who we were betting on because they were good teams added really good pieces and you feel even more confident about them the islanders as well so obviously this weekend you touched on already i won't do it again the pens are playing the sabers i mean the sabers are terrible they just announced jack eichel having season-ending surgery it's the last we've ever seen jack eichel wear buffalo sabers uniform he will be on a different team next year maybe hench's bruins maybe my rangers who knows but he's gone you have the uh, the islanders are playing the flyers they just added zay jack and Palmieri they're already the best team in the division probably the Flyers are a mess like they just have no answer a goaltender and then with the Rangers and the Devils the Devils again they're depleted they really are just Jack Hughes and that's it they're not really scoring goals uh the Rangers have not been scoring a ton either but Igor Shesterkin got his first shutout versus them Uh, I just don't see any offensive firepower coming from the Devils the Rangers will win those games they want to get some fun player prop picks who will score their goal I'm telling you I bet at the end of last week Vitaly Kraftsov will score his first NHL goal this weekend versus the Devils. He's been getting pushed up and playing on the higher lines because he's been that dominant with the puck, and he seems to be everywhere on the ice. And Chris Kreider has been kind of a slump, but he has been very, very good versus the Devils in his career, and he's a guy that like self-motivates and like will get angry at himself and drive himself to, to play better. And all the, the analysts on MSG were saying that he will score. So I like Kreider. I like Kraftsov. I like the Rangers, the Isles, and I like the, the Penguins, and as well as Fade the Yankees here because they're not scoring any runs so those are my picks of the week okay there you go your best bets and the extra one Sal this Jake DeGrom thing his beloved Mets uh it this is this plague of when Jake DeGrom pitches what what, make sense of this Hench how does this go how how does this go on not just start to start but now season to season what gives is is that is Jake his nickname I don't know I'm going Jacob what do you want me to call him I'm just I'm uh, saving myself a syllable. Those okay. add up. I you know, you can oh, you you I can see, make fun. See, you know, it's yeah, the same thing as AM. Yeah. Right. Turn it's those the same off as, before you leave the room. 
That's saving right. Planet one syllable at a time. Guess uh, what? A.M. P.M. Same thing. Why? Why the M? Why do we need the Meridian? We don't need to learn about the Meridian. Just give well, me eight P or eight A, because that M, like M, takes what? Like point two three seconds to say. Add those up over the course of a lifetime. I've just given you 15, 20 minutes. It Do without little, what, with, what with you please, with you please. It sounded a little disrespectful, like a little overly familiar. I see, Jake. Right? Okay. Like right. your buddies with him. Um, you know how I don't like. I don't know how this has played out over the, the the tens of thousands of games you can bet on, but like you know, they say don't bet because I always go like. Oh my God, Degrom has got to go on a ten-game winning streak. Like I, my reaction is always, there is no way, you know, which is stupid because you're like five heads in a row. It's got to be tails. Like you're like the, the math has not changed. Obviously, Degrom I think is thirty-six and forty-two since the start of the two thousand eighteen season. Heavily favored in every one of those starts, or the, the Mets are thirty-six and forty-two. A lot of no decisions, obviously, in there for Degrom. But but anyway. You, you would have made a ton of money if you just bet against DeGrom every game. That has to change. I, I, it has to change. The guy, you can't have a way better pitcher every game and come out you know, on the losing end every time. So I, I feel like, you know, I, but the number won't change, which is weird because you're like, okay, well, I got to get DeGrom at a good number now. It's like, no, it's still going to be minus, uh, you know, 250, you know. So anyway, but uh, that, that th those statistics are unprecedented in baseball history. The, it is know, crazy. It really is Lefty Carlton um, on, on the bad teams he pitched with, putting, you know, winning 27 games or whatever it was on bum teams. This is the opposite of that. It makes no sense. It's exactly what I was talking with uh, Sal about that you could do the same thing at the 21 table. You can just chase it. Du I lost double. Du I'm going to make it back. Eventually, the house limits you so that you can't just play that game endlessly. What is the limit on? I, I imagine there must be some Mets diehards out there who did exactly what you said. Well, this can't continue. I'm just doubling my bet from the last time until I make my money back and have now had to sell their house or something like that. Well, it's very um, weird. So, but before we speaking of a good pitcher and, and Garrett Cole, obviously, is a good pitcher. Um, this Yankee team, I want to piggyback on what Spaghetti was saying. So you go Garrett Cole, and then it's Kluber. Herman got sent down. Yeah. Montgomery is a four starter, five starter at best. Uh, Shaq, you're so good with the names. Tyon, how do you pronounce it? Tyon is, but I mean, yeah, he's he's going to be good when he's when he's right. You know he's going to be good. Be, how do I know? Because he wore the Pittsburgh Pirates right. uniform yeah. and started uh, games as a pitcher for them. That equals hundreds of millions of dollars, a probable Cy Young, at least one, some big starts in October and so on. So congratulations, Spaghetti. He may not be yet hitting his stride, but you know he eventually will. So, so it is a, it's a crap fest after Garrett Cole, but that's only part of the problem. I, you know, I tune into these Yankee games, Brett Gardner's hitting third, like, come on, man, let's go. He's trying to slap the ball down the left field line. Jay Bruce, Rugnet Odor. I mean, who, this is the whole point of being the death star is you never have to have crappy players in your lineup because you have unlimited funds and I'm just looking at these players like, wow, this team is bad. And uh, and and they've been... Odor. Odor. Foul. Odor. Odor. There's an Odor coming from the Bronx. And it is, it is not good, um, which is obviously delightful. I don't know if the Yankees are mathematically eliminated yet. But, <laughs> I don't uh, think they are. I don't the, think. The Sox have just been on fire, uh, sweeping, sweeping a doubleheader against... Uh, Last year's Cy Young and this year's Cy Young, Maida and Berrios. Come on. Okay, but listen, you know what I'd like, but I'd like it, but you gotta strip away the jive. I won't I won't stand for jive from either one of you. Hench, you're feeling good as a Red Sox fan. Spaghetti, you're feeling sad as a Yankees fan. There's no way both of these things continue, right? I mean, the it's smoke and mirrors largely with the Red Sox. And I mean, the, there's no way the bats stay quiet for the Yankees. Look at the guys that they put in the lineup. We, we can we can pick it apart 
Um, I will I will say quickly, they are going to get Luke Voigt back uh, at some point. That's the reason why they had to make the trade for Odor. Uh, I can't, I don't like the fact that Aaron Hicks is batting third for the Yankees, and they do that because whoever is controlling Aaron Boone, they believe in the analytics, and he's the lefty bat in the lineup because they don't have many of those, and he walks. But he is by far one of the worst hitters in baseball with the bases loaded. So there's a lot of issues there. The one good sign is I, uh, about a month ago, uh, Luis Severino started pitching off a mound. He will be back at some point. I know like Herman was in the, he had his off the field issues, obviously, but was in the Cy Young race a few years back. If he figures out, you know, that'll be great as well. But they are, they are struggling right now. The Yankees, that the team that won in 2009, were off on April as well. So that is the one thing that I'm not trying to get too consumed by the April baseball thing, but I did not expect to get two front war of the pitching staff failing besides Cole and the bats being dead silent. I thought it'd be one or the other, but it's both. Okay, but here, what, what, what I'm getting at is we need some sort of punishment for fans. Uh, look, I don't think you have to be a sunny-eyed optimist about your team when there's no reason for the optimism. I think that makes you a sucker. But on the other hand, when you express doom and gloom about your team's future and then they make it to the postseason, like, Spaghetti, you shouldn't be allowed to watch the playoffs <laughs> or something like that. If they make it and you declare here in April that they stink and they're not going anywhere, if they turn it around and get good, there should be, you know, there should be some sentence for you. Like, all right, now you have to sit out the first round of the playoffs or something like that. It's the same thing. Everybody declared in Pittsburgh, oh, the Penguins aren't going anywhere. Like, all right, then you're not allowed to watch them then because if you've declared the window closed, then now you are deprived of uh, of, of the sorrow of well, watching them because that's... Spaghetti's defense, uh, he's right that this... This Yankee team, he won't have to worry about watching this Yankee team in the playoffs. No, no way. So when you're looking to Luke Voigt and uh, and Severino, you do need pieces. Now, anyone anyone who's waited breathlessly for a pitcher to come back in season with things like, hey, long toss in the outfield. Hey, he's he's playing catch on a mound. Like it's never good. It that guy never comes back and dominates. <laughs> yeah. It's so depressing because you're like he's a week away from from uh, throwing BP. Like it's he, simulated game. He threw 14 strikes in a simulated game. The guy gets his brains bashed in when he comes back every time. And I'm in the same boat because I'm like Chris Sale looking good. He's you know Chris Sale's jogging. Okay, you know, like you're like, oh great. So he'll be pitching in October. Like, yeah, he's gonna come in. You you can already see the Severino sale. You could see the side by side in August it, when they hand the ball back to the manager after an inning and a third and walk to the dugout to get their next operation. Um, so uh and, and even the guys who were there, like Gio Orshella, such an overperformer last the last couple of seasons. Um, and and like I agree with you on Hicks. And even Brett Gardner, like, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, you have the the uh, the mountain, uh, the two mountains there who, you know, are made of glass, obviously. Uh, Aaron Judge missing games with a sore side. Whoa, move over, Cal Ripken. Remember when Ripken would miss those games? My side is sore. Aaron Judge well, if it's his whole side, that could be like as much Aaron as half Judge's, of him. Aaron Judge's body can stand up to anything except swinging a baseball bat. Uh, anything else and he's he can he can run through walls but god forbid he has to swing a bat hard every swing he could go on the dl by so, the way so we get reports of sore side which is a little vague but we get uh, we get excruciating detail about baseball player injuries bob ojeda lopped off just the the top half of the one part of his index finger doing gardening and those kind of uh, those kind of injuries at the same time we also get and we accept as a society hockey injury reports upper body how long week to week okay well well but can we get more detail on that nope week to week well, what, what's the what's the nature of the upper body? Is it like a shoulder? Is it a head? Is it is his eyeball? Is it his belly button? Like upper body? Well, how how are both things allowed to stand? And by the way, as far as you're talking about with long toss with pitchers, Gino Malkin, obviously a key piece in uh, in maybe even in who ends up winning the Stanley Cup this year. Um, is uh, he's back to skating. A great line, though, last week from GM Ron Hextall was, uh, Gino is skating, 
but he he wasn't really skating. He just uh, he went out on the ice uh, in skates. I mean, okay. I mean, I think he was kind of skating, but I also get the spirit of what he's saying. He's law. He's throwing a ball, but he's not pitching the ball. It's the same thing. He's long tossing. He's not. He was. Pitching uh, it. He was wearing penny loafers, and he was just <laughs> shuffling out on the ice like a coach after winning. He wasn't skating. He was shuffling on a carpet in anticipation of raising the cup. He was Balboa out there with Adrian on their first date, exactly. you remember. He didn't put the skates on. He shuffled well, no alongside rush, of him. No rush, Gino. Take your time, buddy. Let's talk just a little bit more baseball, if you will. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti, I'm very excited that baseball's back. I know you're not with the, with the Yanks, but there's nothing like watching a game. It speaks to sunshine in the sky and beer in your hand. And even sweeter, a little bit of action on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you've never bet on baseball before, now's the perfect time to give it a shot. FanDuel's letting new users swing for the fences risk-free. You'll get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win. And once you have an account, you can get up to $25 back each day if your same-game parlay bet falls one leg short. This way, you can combine multiple baseball bets for an even bigger win all season long, there's a reason FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. There are multiple reasons. In fact, the app is simple to use, great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like the same game parlay and always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you in as little as 24 hours. Eddie Spaghetti, you think you might put a little something on it? If you do, make sure you do it at FanDuel.com slash minus three. You heard Hench talking about it. Yanks, Rays, come on, Spaghetti. This doesn't go on forever. The Yanks got to turn it around, right? It, it won't go on forever, and it's going to be turned around this Sunday. Yankees, Rays, Yankees are throwing out Garrett Cole, who is the, uh, I guess, the, the, the streak stopper. Yankees keep losing. They're not scoring runs. Well, guess what? Garrett Cole's pitching. He's on the bump. He's going to hold the team to little or to zero runs, and the Yankees hopefully give him a little bit more support, more support than what Jake DeGrom is getting uh, for the other team in New York. So you got to ride Garrett Cole, bet on the Yankees in that game on Sunday. Thank you for supporting my uh, my more casual Jake instead of yeah. Jacob DeGrom. But, yes, I like that. Garrett Cole is going to be a winner on Sunday. Get it at FanDuel.com slash minus three. All right. Now, well, speaking of injuries and, and, uh, and health issues, because uh, I did – I did get the Nets at a, at a better price than what they're at right now. But is it possible? You know, I don't, I don't want to belittle the medical condition, obviously. Mm. But is it possible that LaMarcus Aldridge's heart condition is, I will have a heart attack if I have to have another fucking conversation with Kyrie Irving. Is it possible? Is it possible that this guy, I mean, <laughs> I you know, just... Who, talk about like, hey, Tuka Rask, upper body. Kyrie Irving just goes away for two weeks. Kyrie Irving just does whatever he wants. Like, hey, I don't feel like coming to work. Sorry, boss. I'm not going to participate in the rewrite because I'm taking some me time. Like, do you know how fucking much we're paying you to do your fucking job? Like, I mean, I, I obviously not a single tear was shed in Boston when that guy hit the road. Like, just making everyone around him worse, bumming everybody out all the time. So LaMarcus Aldridge might have been like, I'm rich. My heart can't take being around this fucking guy. And I know all that matters is that Durant and Harden want to play with him. So, so you, you, you know, he can, he can win the trophy. That's great. But like, wow, what a legacy you're leaving behind. Kids, kids, man, just go work hard and be nice or don't do either. Don't do either. That, that's that's fine too. <laughs> All right. So, what does this impact your uh, your bet then? Are the Nets still gonna win the title? Are they still gonna win the East at least? Well, the one thing the Nets have done is made day to day gambling impossible. I, I yes. think uh, you know you throw out your Nets pick and then you're like, oh yeah, none of those guys are playing. Oh, okay. You know, and obviously Durant not playing back to backs. Uh, so the, that much anticipated Sixers nets, oh, we're going to get a preview of the Eastern final. Well, not really a preview, uh, cause Durant's not going to play. And, and obviously Durant, it, it, you just watch him play. You're like, oh, he's in complete, turn it on, turn it off. Like he can do whatever he wants. He's he, the guy is so good. He comes back. He scores 17 points on five shots. Like he's, 
and he and he's like he's developing new things in his game. It's it's terrifying. Um, and and you know Harden obviously they're gonna just nurse him as long as possible. So I do I still say if those three guys you know are are ninety percent healthy they're gonna win it. Um, but what sucks about it is you you as a league you have to root for an injury right you can't root just to win you have to kind of root and and i mean i feel that's kind of going on in the west a little bit too with with the lakers um you know who are so injured but are rounding back into shape i i don't know i it's it's i still to say you know if you're betting on the nets you're betting that those three guys will be healthy or well it the two guys will be healthy, and the weirdo will be willing to play in the NBA. Weirdo? Conference. I mean, you're talking about three weirdos. I mean, it's uh, dumb and dumber, except weird, weirder, weirdest. That's the the thing you have to determine is of of those three guys. Kevin Durant's busy uh, chopping it up and arguing in his DMs with a with a '90s actor. Uh, James Harden is fat, pretending that he can't play one minute, and then he's. I, it, it really has gotten crazy, but the good news is, I was trying to think about, have we ever seen the who wins it, uh, uh, a major championship in team sports predicated more on like the, the emotional state of a team stars? And I was thinking, isn't that kind of the 90s Bulls? Jordan had his issues. I mean, his will to win and everything else um, is, I guess, what saved the day. But, like, Scottie Pippen had a chip on his shoulder. Dennis Rodman, talk about taking days off, would go off to Vegas with Carmen Electa, Electra, and then the biggest star in the world was like, I'm, I'm going to get him, coach. Don't worry. I, I, I'm gonna, No, 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 we'll send somebody. We'll send a guy who never played. Oh, I'm already in the air, coach. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm in Vegas with Dennis Rodman. So at least, I guess, they have that going for them, that the... That, uh, Arguably the best team of all time uh, had its issues too, but I am with you. Those three each has cuckoo tendencies. This is very weird. <laughs> but, but to the Rodman point, there is a weird competitive flow to these guys, right? That you know, there's a reason they're all stars. Uh, when it matters most, this is going to be a perfect segue to to my tossing and turning about Edelman. When it matters most, those players are going to play. And well, two of well. those three are, right. You know, they're going to play well and they're going to win the NBA title. Now, speaking of performing when it matters. It's also weird, though, that the guy who's... So what's what's fun is I always like that conversation around, what was it, the odd eight Celts when Katie and Pierce and uh, uh, Ray were, were taught. And they said, so who takes the last shot? You know, you're down one with three seconds to go. Who takes the last shot? And they're all like, oh, it's Paul. It's, P it's Pierre. It's obviously Paul. Who's, who, who's the answer in that uh, to this one? It's KD. I am mean, that's who I would want taking the shot. Yeah, I, I think it's Durant. Know. You know, I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's Harden. You know, you spread the floor with Harden. Harden has the ball. And then, you know, Harden is he's just gotten to this point where it's like he knows if he's getting fouled or if he's going to get a layup or if he's going to kick it to one of those assassins. It, it feels very I mean, I mean. We've all been there when you're like, I can't guard this guy. I mean, Shaq, obviously, you were there your entire life with everybody. Um, but like, it's not funny because it's not true, as you know, because I rejected you really countless times at this point. I don't even know if anybody has the hard and fast. It's kind of like, lot of, you got a it's kind of like body. Deacon Jones. You got a lot of body. I didn't call it that one time. Uh, but you got a lot of body. I'm very um, much like Deacon Jones. I like they didn't keep the sack yes. records, but it yeah, doesn't yeah, mean he didn't get a million sacks. Slap me. You would head slap me to keep me from scoring. You were like Deacon Jones. No, so I got you. I, I got you. I got Corolla. I got Sal. I mean, if I didn't, if I block Sal fewer than two thousand five hundred times, I would be disappointed. Well, this is a perfect segue. Let's do it. That I've been trying to make because I tossed and turned all night after after. Two things. One, Sal knows so much about football. He loves it. He lives it. He breathes it. And then he's taking the Edelman is not a Hall of Famer argument. You know, as we're as we're still drying the tears in Foxborough for the, the, this great Hall of Fame receiver retiring. Then he drops the bombshell on me that our beloved FanDuel has it at minus thirty 
that he won't make the Hall of Fame. Like he's an underdog to make the Hall of Fame. I thought the whole argument was preposterous. Like I didn't want to contribute to the debate that it's even a debate. It's minus 130 that he won't make the Hall of Fame. Like I'm devastated. I, I spent the whole night tossing and turning thinking this is Sal's argument was Buddy Ryan saying all Chris Carter does is score touchdowns. All Julian Edelman does is score game win, Super Bowl winning touchdowns, Super Bowl winning miracle catches, Super Bowl MVPs. Those are three different games. What I didn't get to yell at Sal, Edelman six for six in, in uh, passing in his regular season career. Cause I had to like bolster his regular season career. That's why I threw out the four punt return touchdowns, six for six passing for 128 yards, one year he led the league in fumble recoveries. Like the guy was just, he did everything. He was never not helping your team. He's a great blocker. Well, except, great except blocker. in September so, through December, he wasn't really making a huge a difference out there. It's basically, it's the argument. What, what Sal is saying. And, and I, I don't know if the Sanhedrin is corroborating this by saying he's a, he's an underdog to get to the hall. It's, it's like those jackasses, George King and Lavelle Neal, who did not put Pedro Martinez on their ballot in 1999 when he had the most dominant pitching season in Major League history. And their thing was like, he doesn't play every day. Oh, a pitcher should not should not be eligible to be in the top 10 in the MVP race. How are you guys baseball writers? How, how can you, this is your job. So by say what Sal is arguing, and he's... And he's apparently convincing people if this if this minus one thirty is right, is that slot receivers should not be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because the slot receiver not not critical to the Patriots' success for twenty years. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, of course, if you're just going to point to to touchdowns, except for Super Bowl winning touchdowns, of course, you're you're not going to rack up the Randy Moss, you know, DeAndre Hopkins touchdown totals. But as you pointed out, check, you know, nobly, I appreciate your wisdom on this. Third and nine and third and 10 against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Sure was nice to have a guy in the slot who can get open in a tenth of a second. Like, how, how is that guy not a, not a Hall of Famer? Anyway, so I'm throwing that out. You know, it doesn't pay off for years, obviously, but bet now. On on Edelman to the, to make the hall because I see that's that's where we disagree. I think as a man of justice, I think Edelman should go to the Hall of Fame. Now, another conversation is whether or not he'll get in. He will not get in. Heinz Ward isn't in. Who deserves it more between those two guys? Certainly Heinz Ward over Julian Edelman. It's not much of a conversation. I do think that when people are holding these guys up, like well, Reggie Wayne's still not in. That'll change. Reggie Wayne's going to get in. I don't know how. What's weird is Torrey Holt, every time his name comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, he's still not in the Torrey Holt. Torrey Holt was the best receiver, arguably, for like three or four years with Kurt Warner in that, um, you know, iconic offense and, uh, you know, Isaac Bruce and Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, but you're not going to put in um, Torrey Holt, who was arguably, well, I mean, I guess if you had to rank them, in terms of their position, Torrey Holt would probably actually I would think he's better than Isaac Bruce, not in ter- not in total career numbers, but that's kind of the point you're getting at. That let's throw away this amassed career-long um, receiving yards and receptions and everything else. That's not the only measure for who belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um, exactly, but because- right. That's a, the the point is that this is. The, the thing that everybody is doing, and by the way, I, I think you've misread this completely. If you think it's just Sal or he's in some small minority pushing back at this, most people who do this for a living say Edelman isn't a Hall of Famer. Football players say he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I, from what I've gleaned from looking at social media and otherwise, most people who played against him are like, great guy, great player, not a Hall of Famer, but they're missing the point because they keep holding up. Well, look at look at the, his numbers compared to blank. That doesn't matter. What matters is how he performed in January when the games matter the most. And as I always will point out, when people want to push back on that and, and render the postseason kind of, or at least marginalize the import of the of the postseason. It's like, 
should we on New Year's Eve every year just have a vote and decide who was the best pro football team like college football used to do and just leave it at that? Or should we follow through with actually playing the games and determining who's the best and then giving one team a trophy at the end of it? As long as they do it that way, how you play in that little tournament def- is is more important. I know it's a crazy more thought. Important. What are, what are we talking about? What's more important? What you do in October against the Lions or what you do in Arrowhead in the title game? I and mean, what are we talking? It really is crazy to me. What are we talking me. about? You know, and it's like, as to the raw numbers argument, it's, you can't say, well, um, you know, Hank Aaron hit all those home runs because the, that's the way the Braves offense was designed. He, he, they were in, they were like, they were, they were set up for the home run. So when you talk about Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, and like, it's like raw numbers are so much the byproduct of, of your offense, how many times you threw it, you know, and the Patriots, obviously greatest quarterback of all time. But if you watch the way their seasons went, their seasons were not like, hey, man, let's peak in September. Let's let's run it up. Let's make sure Edelman gets his touches. It was always let's spread it around. Let's, you know, uh, you, you know, you know who uh, my go to receiver is the guy who's open. So you look at Brady, you know, he you know, he's now his raw numbers because he just played so long. He's passing everybody. But season to season, it was like, here's the goal, guys. We're going to start to get good midway through November. Wait a minute. You know what? I I hear you. But to put a finer point on what you're saying, it's not just merely spread it around. It is identify, as they say, who's the Waldo of that defense? Where's the weak link? It's a, you know, I mean, there are any number of examples you could identify if you're a longtime Patriots watcher that they would just pick on. Oh, Brady has identified who the DB is that we can target over and over and over again, and they're never going to stop it. Look at James White in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. I mean, how many catches did he have? I mean, this is how the Patriots, that's why it's another conversation. That's why it's a little underwhelming, like Tom Brady against the Falcons. What a rally. What a, that's his greatest performance ever. They threw a bunch of dump-offs to James White. James White oh was really God. the MVP. He threw, he threw some lasers, nah. uh, cross-field lasers. Anyway. I'm just uh, saying, but, but, the, but, but the point is that Edelman – was it was a hard cover. He's, I mean, like you know, just as we say about, um, you know, that uh, Travis Kelsey is a matchup nightmare, and Kyle Pitts is about to be that. In uh, in his own way, Julian Edelman was an impossible guy to handle running those eight yard choice routes all the time, and then underneath you have James White or whoever else opened up because Julian Edelman required that focus. I mean, yeah. Listen, I, and now we're that, now it's almost too nuanced to make the point. Look at the production in January. Period. Big games, right. not a because one-off. Not point, David Tyree, one fluke catch. It's not, that's what people throw up. Oh, so so is that who should go in the hall too? Should he be? No, because that was a one-off. Julian Edelman did it again and again and again. And, that's and it. To that's your the point difference. about who's the Waldo on defense when it mattered most. It was whoever was covering Edelman. Because no True. one could cover him when it mattered most. So, uh, you know what? Oh, I, I mean, I, and one more point about that, because I meant to say that to Sal last night, too. You talk about matchups, and, and, you know, I always say about Tom Brady. The thing that I admire about Brady is I love underdog stories. They're fun. That makes sports lots and lots of fun. They make movies about the underdog winning it all. The thing I like better, the thing that I, I it, are the guys who you know, everybody is watching them. They're like, hey, uh, hey, Tom. Everybody, there, there are uh, a half a billion people watching this game, and everyone who's watching it understands that the only chance that the Patriots have uh, of rallying against the generation's best defense, the reigning Super Bowl champion Seahawks, is you. You're the re- that's the only chance that you have to rally us, and he does it. You know who else was on the field for that against that secondary? Julian Edelman catching the game-winning touchdown pass. Again, what are we talking about? Eddie Spaghetti, you have something to say. I can tell you're getting upset about all this. 
No, I don't have anything to say. I mean, everything's been said every which way. Pers- I don't. I agree. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Um, I think if he does make the Hall of Fame, there has to be some questions of what is valued more. Is it your career accomplishments or is it the raw numbers from your regular season games? And that just goes for not just for the NFL, but for all sports. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the whole. It's just kind of the thing I said to you last episode. Dave was like with Eli Manning. It's it's Eli Manning. Everyone he gets pushed into the Hall of Fame because of his postseason accomplishments. So. Is it quite fair that we don't, uh, you know, consider what Edelman has done? Maybe it's a positional difference thing, but yeah, I think when it, you know push comes to shove in five years from from when he just retired, I don't think we'll see him get a gold jacket. Okay, check. check. Yes, you're, I, you're the, with me on this. Let's and and I, you could kind of hear it in Spaghetti's voice. Let's start pushing the anti-Semitism thing now. Help <laughs> me in in preparation. Classic. Glad you had the balls to say it. Classic Jew haters. You can see it. You can see it in their votes. Classic. I hear that's I hear that's a thing that's catching on in some circles of our society. So, yeah, maybe we should just jump on board with that. Just jump on it now. The answer spaghetti to you and to Sal and like, what? what's more important? Like, they're both important. They both have merit. I'm not taking Megatron out of the Hall of Fame, although I do think it's a... I mean, everybody decided before he ever took a snap in the NFL that he was going to the Hall of Fame, so I I, I don't necessarily like, embrace that, his great, career. Megatron like is a great point. What do Dominique Wilkins' points mean? What do Megatron's catches mean? Like, it doesn't... They don't mean anything. Like, I, it, it, it just... When you accumulate gaudy, meaningless statistics versus making huge plays that lead to championships. Here's the problem with specifically the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you can play this game with all. The base, Baseball Hall of Fame is the most ridiculous, It's uh, as we've laughed about before. What, 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 why would you even go there at this point? You're certainly not seeing the best players in the history of the game if you pay a visit to Cooperstown. But in, in Canton... My my issue with it is, and the reason we need to blow it up, it's folded in. The, the hypocrisy and the double standards and everything are folding in on themselves, so now it doesn't make any sense how you get into it. Consider, as we were talking about last night, Lynn Swan and Drew Pearson are in because I would say, I mean, don't their, their numbers don't bear out that either one of them's a Hall of Famer, but they were super productive on super teams, iconic teams, some of the greatest of all time, and they were key figures to those. You know who else was? Cliff Branch. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? That's, That's very no, weird. I agree. That is crazy. Bob Greasy's in. He was a passenger. He threw, he averaged six attempts and three completions in 72 and 73 in those two playoff runs when they won their two Super Bowls. He attempted six passes and completed three a game. Shaq, I mean, Shaq, this, Shaq, what are we talking Shaq, about? Best hander, best hander offer of his generation. How best can we get offer. upset about I mean, he how to be that ball in Zonka's breadbasket? Oh my God, the way he would hand the ball off. It was ama- it was amazing to watch Greasy handoff. Yes, what of the hell? He what are we hall. talking about? How can we get mad? How do we? How dare you suggest that Eli Manning go to the Hall of Fame? Bob Greasy's in the Hall of Fame. What are you talking about? Jim Plunkett is not in the Hall of Fame. He did more for those Raiders teams winning the Super Bowl than uh, than Greasy did. More Andre Tippett loved Andre Tippett. He was one of those guys before Tom Brady was a six-round pick and Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard and Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates played college basketball. Andre Tippett uh, knew Kung Fu. He was a black belt. There was no way that you could ever watch a Patriots game without that being mentioned. He was an all-time great. But why is he in the Hall of Fame? And Willie McGinnis, the all-time postseason sack leader, is not. Curtis Martin, I love him. Pitt alumnus, uh, a, a great runner in college and in the pros. Why is he in the Hall of Fame and Fred Taylor isn't? Art Monk's in, but Torrey Holt's not. Harold Carmichael's going, but not Henry Ellard. Jan Stenerud's in, but Gary Anderson's in. Why is Larry Zonkin, who ran for around 8,500 career yards, he was a great, obviously, an iconic member of uh, the Super Bowl era, but Roger Craig and Ricky Waters aren't? It's crazy. We need to get rid of the whole thing. Everybody's... This this vindictive nerd stuff, it, it really is the best example of nerd revenge on the bullies. At the um yeah, T.O. is one of the best receivers we've ever seen. But he 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 wasn't nice to me in the locker room. So he eventually well, we'll know, eventually we, send we him, but it. he's gonna have to wait. His pu- we, we his punishment it. is this. We discussed it last night, and uh I think you know that's 
a big part of why I'm throwing out bet on Edelman to get into the Hall of Fame because the the nerd revenge factor is strong <laughs> and it goes both ways, right? It, it, you know, do you think Edelman big timed a lot of reporters in the locker room or a solid guy? Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Interesting. 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 Is there anyone in sports or otherwise, Hench, that you uh, would want to fight less than Aaron Donald? Oh my God! Oh my God! It, it. Well, I mean, it's the it's the Mitch Blood Green thing, right? Uh, you know who I'm going to fight? Mike Tyson, right here, right now. Uh, okay, he's the baddest man on the planet. So when you when you find Aaron Donald, you're like, oh, I've got the current baddest man on the planet. I mean, Aaron Donald possibly more terrifying than um and Tyson in his prime he's she's he's Tyson plus 60 pounds it, it, yeah I think I would th- I, I was talking with Sal about that I you know maybe I'm a vapid cynic on this one and our pal Corolla could probably disabuse me of any uh uh any notion that I could survive for three minutes but 115 pound, whatever that is, featherweight. If you put me in a ring with a 115 pound, even if he's, uh, you know, one of the top five contenders, Sal said you you would get killed. You would get knocked. Like, how long would a 115 pound man could really hurt me that bad? I couldn't survive three minutes. I don't know about that. Eddie Spaghetti, explain to me though, because Hench, I think, you know, he's a little less cowardly than I am, but I don't think he's anyone who's looking to throw hands uh, under any circumstance. I suspect that you and your Staten Island boys are no strangers to throwing some hands around. You've been in fights, right, Spaghetti? I've never been in a single fight uh, ever in my entire life. That is, You're that, kidding yeah. me. No, I, I never, I mean, outside of like my, my, my younger brother, who's bigger than me, like, you know, being just typical, you know, idiot brothers together, but I've never, ever picked a fight in school. I was a good student. I was a, a nice kid. I never really, I was friendly with a lot know, of people. But you're brawny. I'm a, I'm a larger man, which also probably helped me to not, you know, played sports. You know, I was a coolish guy, I guess. I, I don't know. I never had any trouble. Good, good for you, Spaghetti. You're setting a good standard for the kids. Do good in school. Don't don't not with the fisticuffs. But to your point, Chuck, about how how we would fare against um, you know a featherweight. My seven year old jumps on me now, and I'm like, ah, oh oh god, oh god, oh Christ. Okay, no easy. No 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 no. Daddy's not mad. Daddy's not mad. I, I I'm just I'm so fucking delicate. I'm I'm a Faberge egg. I, I I every part of me hurts all the time. So yeah, when when Gigi can take me down with like a knee to the solar plexus, I I would get Aaron Donald a drink. I'd be like, my bad. I'm so sorry, sir. I am so sorry. I Let mean, me I mean when we're in our primes. I don't mean now, Hench. I mean when we're in fighting condition. Um I do, I but one. see, I, I, I'm disappointed you can't answer this, Spaghetti, because I don't, I, I lack well, this gear. I, I think it. ultimately when people say, ah, people, we're all the same, I kind of agree that there are a lot, there's a big overlap on the human Venn diagram. But one thing I've never understood is the guy like, oh, there's Aaron Donald. Let's see how bad he really is. Like, who is that guy? Because people will ask big guys. That's why I said I assumed you must have been in fights because you're a relatively brawny guy, Spaghetti. There's something, there are a lot of weirdos who want to test, like, how tough the tough guy is. What's wrong with you? Like, well, it's it's the prison thing, right? Everybody wants to take a run at the baddest guy in the prison yard. Why? Shouldn't you just take a run at the smallest guy? Yes, that would be my way. But you have to think too. Donald is not only bigger than me and all and all of us. He also plays in a league with guys bigger than him. Like he's used to being uh, going head to head with humongous other men. Picking a fight with him is is ridiculous. I also would never pick a fight with a, a featherweight boxer. Like you're saying, you would take a featherweight boxer. I'm bigger. I'm close. I'm heavyweight class. I would not take a featherweight boxer. I'm not then, picking a fight with him. I'm not going up to him on the street and saying, "Let's go, shorty." Let's Let's go. Let's go, Shorty. I'm saying I could survive three minutes. No, no, you wouldn't. No, no, shit. There's no, chef. there's no way that you would. They would wait, wait, wait. You try to throw one punch to be like, oh, I might, might as well throw a punch. You would miss. They would duck it, and then they would counter know, you in the jaw, and you'd be on the ground. My strategy it would, it would, would be to punch. It, my strategy so would you, be to you like, would stand. I would just cover up my my torso because he wouldn't be able to reach my head. He'd be a short oh, little, my God. Be you'd be, a little you'd be, fellow. You'd be, you'd be puking blood. You'd be puking blood within 45 seconds. 
wispy Oscar De La Hoya with his concave chest would would fracture both your orbital sockets in, in less than a second. <laughs> Not if he can't reach like, him. He wouldn't be able to reach I, him. How did I get here? How did I? What happened? Uh, hey, this is a good, because you got your George LaRock, uh, uh, honoring George LaRock up there on your SIG. Um, I had a crazy experience, and I was I was in the moment. I was aware of it as it was happening. So I'm I'm at Seth McFarlane's house. He doesn't know who I am, but but I'm a you know I'm I'm a plus one drifter who's who's come into the to the kingdom. And uh, who should be there but Milan Lucic? Whoa! Right. So I'm like, oh my god! I don't I don't have to pretend to, to know anything about Hollywood. I can just go talk puck with this guy. So now, mind you, I've watched like Lucic fights on a loop on YouTube. Like I'm like, he's and he's every bit as terrifying as you you might imagine, even a friendly guy. So um, we have two we have like two very primal instincts, right? We have survive, survival. You you have to survive in order to continue the species. Um, and then we have uh, be drawn to hot chicks. You you must be drawn to hot chicks in order to perpetuate the species. So you you must survive to perpetuate the species, and you must be attracted to women to perpetuate the species. These are two primal forces that collide. If, you, if this has if this ends with Lucic having sex on you, I don't even want to hear. No, it. No, 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 no. Uh, no, so this these two primal forces collide next to Seth MacFarlane's pool when Milan Lucic introduces me to his incredibly hot wife. So she's smoking hot, he's huge, and I'm like, okay, um, how can I ask him a question about hockey and then stare at her two and a half feet from him? Like, I'm like, I, I just want to steal another look. Can I just look over? Like, I, I'm Orpheus and Eurydice. I'm like, I will be doomed to hell if I can fucking look at this. She's so hot, I can't not look. How do I, how do I pretend to be talking? Hey, let's talk more. What, you guys live up in Vancouver now? Or are you on the water? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm trying to include her in the conversation so that I can... I can stare at her without Lucic. I'm I'm moments away from being <laughs> William Holden in Sunset Boulevard, lying dead in Seth MacFarlane's pool, and I'm still looking. I'm still like, hench, you're looking at her again. You're staring. He's standing next to you. What are you doing? Huh? Really? Oh, really? How long have you? That's great. Wow. Well, anyway, I'm being polite. I'm including your hot wife in the conversation. You think she gives a shit about Patrice Bergeron? We're not going to talk about Marchand on the penalty kill and all the shorthanded goals. Let's talk to your hot wife about interior design. Anyway, so those two forces, those two forces colliding where it's like, I will die. I will die if this guy raises a fist. As you, as we've discussed, I will be dead in moments. Still, still looking. I'm still looking. <laughs> Uh, and and that those are the two first of all forces. spoiler alert on Sunset Boulevard now spaghetti I don't even know if, he, if there's a point to even watching it I've that. seen it well, I've seen it I've seen it right I've seen it gate. that spoiler <laughs> happens right out of the gate in Sunset Boulevard and two I still I, I just uh, it's just crazy that you're walking down um, that, that you're walking down Carson Street in Pittsburgh at whatever at three o'clock in the morning, like, dude, there's Aaron Donald. Let's to get let's test that dude. He's a tough guy, supposedly. You know, he's from Penn Hills, that dude. You know what though? Let's go get let's get Aaron Donald. Let's see if I can take that dude. I'm tough too. Remember, I played call I played the high school football, dude. Well, what are the what are the details of the, the I don't know. I like I said, my my read on it is that it would seem like Donald must have given him a warning shot with 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 uh, with one fist to the to the head. Like, you see the damage I just did with one. Don't let that happen again. Because if I throw a second one, that's the end of it for you. Because how? I mean, wouldn't Aaron Donald maim somebody much? I mean, the guy has a big shiner. I think he popped him once, and that was the end of that. Now the guy's suing. I what do I know? But there are any number of Steelers who've gotten in trouble. Um, under the cloak of night in that same area 
Um, there's a it's a sea of humanity. Nothing good happens if you're a pro football player and you don't want to. And uh, what are you wind up on TMZ? What are you looking for? Like, I mean, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I used to go out, but like, you know, you got to kick the darkness until it bleeds daylight. Come yeah. on, man, go home at a certain point. I like, know, and but by hence, the way, like, but that's I that's the whole you- reason. Back to my primal drives, right? Mm. I thought the whole reason to go out to even enter a bar was in hopes of, of landing a lady friend. When I got to assume when you're worth a couple hundred million dollars and you're a professional athlete, that there's a long list of candidates. Like you don't have to go up and go to a bar and go um, Scorpio. Cause I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> like what, like what, what are you doing? I, I, I like, Patrice Bergeron on the power play. Maybe yeah. try it there. Maybe there it would have On the work. bumper. He's right there in the slot. He's going to hammer it home. No, I know. So it's insane to me when all these athletes, like, get, getting in big trouble, is scrapping uh, at, at 3 or 4 in the morning, and it's like, why? What is – what's the allure? I don't know. I mean, I know, obviously, at this point, I'm, I'm, I, I never really got the allure of the club, but, um, you know, it's like you got to go where the ladies are. Unless you're Aaron Donald, which could lead us into a Deshaun Watson conversation, but maybe, maybe we we can avoid that. Uh, that's fine. I, I'm with you. Yes, it's a, I, I think uh, I think you've kind of landed on it. It becomes primal. Somebody challenges you um, that even if you're Aaron Donald, I guess you have to defend your own machismo. Although I, I'm with you though, you would think that. You would have because that's the thing with professional athletes now. They understand they're they're cynical, too cynical for fans. And when they demand trades and they hold out and everything, yeah, they're savvy. They're up to speed that they're a brand. And you think that that would uh, resonate even at 3 a.m. for them. Like, it's bad for my brand if I punch this guy's lights out. But either way, I do agree with you about the one thing I'll say about Deshaun Watson, and it's very strange. I do think, though, from the football business side of it, do you? is there a team out there? If there's a team out there that would make that deal, I feel like it's the Patriots. Am I crazy that they would, under these circumstances, is he untouchable? I think he is, right? You, you, there's no team that can make a move for Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, I, I don't – well, obviously it would be – you could argue that it would either be extra thorny with Mr. Kraft – or he'd be cool. That like, I, I mean, I, I'm not making a joke. I, I really you're, think you're, that there's right that that could be like we could uh, commiserate. Like a, a I get real it. Simpatico. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but I I do you know not to besmirch Mr. Kraft. By the way, because we talked about Edelman converting on third and nine and third and ten in Arrowhead uh, that day. You know that day starts at Orchids of Asia for Mr. Kraft. Can you? Oh, what a day! Just. You wake up, you probably do some four, six breathings, a little meditation. You mm-hmm. cruise on down to Orchids of Asia. All right. Couldn't jump on the private jet. Go to KC. Nice brisket. Convert, convert third and nine and third and 10 with Hall of Famer Julian Edelman. Rex Burkhead punches it in. Fucking James Devlin killing guys with his blocking. Um, Trent Brown pushing chiefs into the back of the end zone. Uh, and then you, you come home, you probably sleep like a baby. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's right. I, mean, I don't have any argument against any of that. What, what you just said there. Um, do you think, what does it, does it uh, put a song in your heart? These rumors two weeks away from the NFL draft that, um, that there's some path to Belichick swinging a deal to go up to get Justin Fields at four. Do you like the sound of that noise? Well, I I like it except that it's, you know, it seems impossible. I mean, the whole, like, it's weird because I think you and I are, because our teams have been so successful, the Patriots and the Steelers, you know, we can't, once it, you realize your team's not going to make the playoffs, we're no good at rooting for them to lose-lose. You know, I mean, like when you look at that 45 zip ass kicking the Patriots put on the Chargers last year, like it was it was aberrant. It was crazy. But like I was it was delightful. It was thrilling. And you're like, Hench, why are you jumping up and down? 
this is hurt. This is going to cost them one of those QBs. Like these, this meaningless blowout in a regular season game is going to cost you just enough spots. So the Patriots have always been outside that five QB window. Um, and now it's like, I mean, uh, you know, Kuyper's doing his job saying they're going to trade up, you know, and it's like, I, I think between Belichick's uh, allergic to trading up, you know, like he, Belichick likes to hoard value, that the idea of trading up, the idea that he'll even be there to trade up four at 10, like, I, I don't know. And I don't know why, I really don't understand why he's been the guy to go into free fall that also seems like a made-up thing. Why? I keep saying it. To me, he is the the optimistic comp for Justin Fields is Steve Young. They have the same skill set. They're the same size for what it matters. Completion percentage about the same in college and everything else. They have a lot of the same traits. It's weird that... I. And people say, well, why would why is Kyle Shanahan? What's the incentive since he's already traded up to three? What's the incentive to to jive the rest of the league about his intention? Because you don't know what the Seahawks. You still don't know that that the Jets aren't going to do something at number two. You don't know that they might not do something for Russell Wilson or otherwise. That's why you don't. That's the answer to that one. But well, so I would be delighted, obviously, with. Um, Justin Fields, or quite frankly, Mrs. Fields, if it meant Cam Newton wasn't the fucking Patriots quarterback. Um, but I, 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 we talked about it last week. I also love being the recipient of the guy who fell, the last guy. Like, so if the Patriots can swing yes. this and they get the guy who's left over, um, and that guy runs a 4 4 40. And, and and drops bombs like that would be delightful. I think the league would be bummed if the Patriots got Justin Fields. That's right. We're yes, we're, we're we all fear any at this point still what Belichick might do. And if Mac Jones is the guy, uh, uh, NFL fans at least until September will be hand wringing about what did we do? This broke just right for that wizard. Um, all right, I think we've said more than enough here, uh, right, Eddie Spaghetti? Or do you want us to go on? Do you want us to talk about uh, show business? I know you like uh, the game of life. Hench is uh, deeply insightful on that. I'll, I think we've I think we've said our piece for this week. I'm, I'm I am totally fine. We touched on every major sport. We got a little bit of a Hollywood story there from from Hench. Um, I know I thought it was a very very funny episode as always. So I I mean no complaints for me. This is another A plus uh, A plus job by you guys. Sweetheart. Excellent. Yeah, listen, yeah, like, it's a delightful uh, thing. This is uh, one of Sal's greatest inventions was uh, putting Kevin Hench on minus three every week. Uh, I hope the listener is enjoying it half as much as I am. And, of course, go back and listen to the earlier episode from this week with Ike Taylor chopping up the AFC North, getting you right for the draft. Also, spaghetti and meatballs on the puck. We did uh, some more puck talk for you here today. And make sure you're betting all of it at FanDuel.com slash minus three. Um, so for Eddie Spaghetti, for Kevin Hench, and uh, everybody at Extra Points, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on the other side. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>